0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Stack Overflow podcast, a place to talk all things software and technology. I am Ben Popper, Director of Content here at Stack Overflow, joined as I often am by my colleague and collaborator, Ryan Thor Donovan. Hey, Ryan.
1: <laughs> Hello,
0: Ben. Do
1: you have a middle name I can I can uh, shout out? Mig-
0: Migdal is a Hebrew word. I think it means tower. It might have some significance, you know, somewhere, but it's not quite as, it doesn't have any movies attached to it that I'm aware of. No Marvel <laughs> for Chat. So you and I have been on many episodes talking about crypto, Web3, blockchain, you know, you often shake sure. your fist, yeah. angry old man at the cloud about it. <laughs> but today we're talking about a hash graph, right. which is not a blockchain. Right. So we're going to hear, you know, don't bring any preconceptions to this. Okay. Too late. <laughs> Our guest today is Matt Woodward. He is head of developer relations at Swirl Labs, which is working on getting folks uh, interested in this technology and adoption of Hedera. Matt, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me, guys. Pleasure to be here. So let's start out, Matt. Just give a little background. How'd you get into this world you know, of software and technology and
2: what landed you in the role you're at now? Yeah, for sure. Um, I should probably start with a bit of a confessional that I've been a, a full step developer for twenty years. I kind of feel like that's a, a preface <laughs> that I kind of probably should throw should throw right. out there for my visited sins. Visited
0: Stack Overflow once or twice,
2: maybe. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Um, I guess kind of if I just branch in my career for you a little bit. I suppose early career I kind of was in that space uh, as as we all do of learning how to build new sort of end to end systems and thankful and lucky enough to have some great mentors at that time in my career. And I shifted from there into uh, learning how to do integration with enterprise systems. So kind of stepping up into that sort of big world of having systems talk to one another. Um, and then sort of the last 10 years of my career, I kind of stepped more into a an owner-operator kind of space. So kind of really looking at things through the lens of innovation and startups and running companies in that sort of way. So that was really interesting from more of a business lens. Um, but I guess really over the last two years was when I really got into the kind of Web3 and, and sort of crypto world, if you like. Um, so that's where I guess in that part of my journey, I was sort of initially learning about those ecosystems, Um, you know, trying to figure out how to use them, uh, how they were created, how they were made, all those all those type of things that kind of intrigue you as a, as a technology sort of person that you're sort of passionate about. And it was kind of in that space that I found Hedera. I was super impressed with their technology early on and really kind of that pulled me into want to go a bit deeper. And I, I really liked their focus on sustainability and ethics as well. So I guess kind of I I gradually got pulled into that. And, you know, I did things like creating my own NFT project. And that's where I started to get my hands dirty a little bit in the the kind of DLT space trying to go, okay, well, how do I use this tech? And I think then, you know, I through being in that community, I got dragged deeper into wanting to explore the tech more. and, And that hand in hand goes with some of the circumstances that you see. Early on in the space, so people, you know, losing access to their wallets and things like that, and so I would do some scripting to try and help people with that type of thing. I would do, you know, building my own repo of scripts and do some YouTube videos to help others to learn about the technology, and then working with some NFT projects like Hedera and Dragons to integrate Hedera with gaming projects as well, like tabletop uh, simulators. So I got kind of pulled into that space, kind of quite early, early on into that sort of journey. And then shortly afterwards, I joined my current role as head of developer relations at Hedera to really help uh, embrace the kind of growth of, of developers looking at this technology. So uh, that's probably kind of my, my story in a nutshell.
0: Very cool. Well, good. Uh, yeah, I know some people you know have jumped head first into the crypto web3 ecosystem. I'm sure our listeners, many of whom are veteran developers, will appreciate that you did full stack before it and got drawn into this.
1: Ben said at the beginning of the show, we've talked to a bunch of crypto folks and uh, they're all using blockchains. And I found out you have you, you all use a hash graph. What's, what's a hash graph
2: and what's the difference? Great question. Uh, and one that comes up a lot, I think. Well, to start with, if we kind of look at it from the point of view that uh, blockchain uh, it's a first generation uh, distributed ledger technology or, or DLT right um, and that really gave us decentralized trust it gave us programmable money as well um, as a platform it uses a consensus mechanism called proof of work um, and as such has quite high energy and computational requirements to kind of run that on top of that you kind of have know inefficiencies with that kind of technology as well because it is in essence a chain of blocks uh, and you constantly have to prune off any other blocks that are trying to sort of uh come out the side as it were so you maintain the integrity of that single chain um and i guess as a security measure as well it, it was designed to be slow uh as part of that um all of those factors kind of mean that that technology is, is inherently quite difficult to scale. Then you have uh, Hashgraph, uh, which on Hedera uh, as, a, as a third generation DLT, you would generally hope is going to be doing things a lot better, right? Um, so you're right. Fundamentally, a uh, Hashgraph is not a blockchain. Uh, the Hashgraph is an open source consensus algorithm and a data structure. Um, so it uses a direct acyclic graph or a DAG and two novel inventions. Um, One is uh, the Gossip About Gossip Protocol, um, and that's what enables the nodes to very quickly synchronize their copies of the ledger. Um, The other one is virtual voting, um, and that enables the nodes to independently and consistently order transactions and arrive at that same result without the need to necessarily talk to each other and congest the network with votes or receipts. Um, So that capability is what enables hashgraph to support upwards of 10,000 transactions a second and arrive at finality of consensus in 3 to 5 seconds so in essence they are two ways of solving the same problem if you like but one is obviously more more efficient than the other um so hopefully that clarifies that a little bit for you
1: yeah sure yeah i I'd, I'd heard that uh, blockchains could only do you know 3 or 4 transactions a second but it is interesting that it's Built for speed. Yeah, correct.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
0: And then uh, Matt, one of the things you mentioned at the beginning, you know, thinking about moving from a more traditional full stack developer into the new world of Web three and crypto was that you appreciated that you know Haderer had thought about the environmental impact from the beginning. So, what is the environmental impact, and how does it compare to more traditional blockchains? And I guess you know we should probably say some of the more traditional ones like Ethereum have changed recently in an effort to become more environmentally friendly. So certainly something a lot you know
2: a lot of folks are thinking about correct yeah look and i think this is one of those topics where as an industry uh there's there's been quite a lot of reputational damage if you like because of the amount of energy that is used uh, by some of the early technologies and in essence you know that same dynamic plays out time and time again in a lot of different industries when there's something brand new it's never going to be as efficient as it could be and um, and you know the idea is that the evolution of it is always going to improve on that um As developers, we kind of know how quickly technology evolves. Uh, And obviously, the later DLTs like Hashgraph and Hedera have come a long way. So to try and contextualize it a little bit and put some framing around the energy and the sustainability angle of it, if we do a quick comparison, um, you know, you could look at Bitcoin and on average, the platform underneath that uh, spends around 200 uh, terawatt hours of energy uh, per year. Um, and emits around a hundred megatons of carbon per year. Oof. On top of that, it's generating around thirty-two thousand tons of electrical waste from obsolete and uh, hardware annually as well. Um, so there's a lot in there uh, when you kind of look at that, and it's it's no wonder there's a lot of people that when you start scratching beyond the surface, it gets scary quite quick, right? Um, and you know, look that that translates to a couple of really important figures. One is uh, essentially for the average transaction on blockchain for Bitcoin, it's a thousand kilowatt hours per transaction. So <laughs> I want to contextualize Wait. that for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Right. I
0: have a I have a solar panel system at home and a, and a <laughs> car, so I happen to know that that's an absurd amount for a single transaction.
2: It is. If you had a Tesla Model S. That would be the equivalent of you being able to drive around fifty five hundred kilometers. Um, so that's a massive amount of energy, right? Yeah. And yeah. if if I kind of correlate over the net, the next one's really going to pale in comparison to this sort of thing. But from a Hadera point of view, our network expands expands around one hundred and sixty megawatt hours of energy a year, which is about two and a half million times less. Uh, I'll just say that again, two and a half million times less. Uh, but that's, that's the beauty of it being a third generation. It's had that evolution, it's had that improvement. And we are met around 80 tons of carbon per year. And that's actively being offset to ensure that we're carbon negative as well. So we're looking at it through the lens of making sure that any activity we're taking is being offset and handled appropriately.
0: Say again how much it is per, you know, sort of like iteration of the block. Was it? 10,000? Is that what you said?
2: Uh in in terms of the energy expenditure, sorry. Yeah. So for Hedera, it's 160 megawatt hours per year. Right. Which is which is two and a half. No, million, no, the first so one. Less. You you had
0: it in te- in Tesla charges, but what was it in?
2: Yes, well, yeah, absolutely. So let, let's go on to that. So in terms of the actual energy transaction, um, on Hedera, the average transaction is ready for this, there's a lot of, zero, a lot of zeros here, uh, 0. 0.00017 kilowatt hours per transaction. Which right. And how, what were the kilowatt
0: hours for the Bitcoin again? It was wild.
2: A uh, thousand kilowatt hours. And that's pretty conservative right. as well, in fact. Yeah. I, I had looked this up. Yeah.
0: this is, what, what this reminded me of was I had done a bunch of research because I got a home with a solar panel, a thousand kilowatt hours. That's roughly, it's even a little bit more than what the average home consumes in one month.
2: That's like a whole
0: month worth yeah. of
2: electricity for a house.
0: Wow.
2: It is. It's huge. Absolutely huge. And and look, the, the Hedera lens on it is, again, I did the comparison on this. It's, it's 5.8 million times less, right? So let's go back to our Tesla for a second. You've just driven 5,500 kilometers on uh, doing your, your Bitcoin transaction. Uh, on Hedera, if you were doing that, you would drive 94 centimeters. <laughs> <So>. Right. <laughs> it's, it's a considerable yeah. difference, right? Yeah. So,
1: you know, this is this is Web3 and all, um, but a very kind of new generation of Web3. How does somebody get started in programming on the hash graph?
2: So, you know, in contrast to traditional hello world kind of examples that you might use to become familiar with, you know, a new language or technology, you need to understand a few more concepts um, to let you engage with the network when you move into Web3. So, there is a little bit more to it in that sense, which is where I think it, it jars a little bit for, for developers coming over into the space. So, Think about it, if you like, that you're going to need to grab an account on a network that you work with. And you could use that for both things like storing tokenized assets such as currencies or, you know, you might be somebody that's into NFTs for art or music or utility based um, uh, functionality around that too. Um, But you will use that account to sign transactions that you submit to the network. So, immediately, you know, you're needing to familiarize yourself with the authentication, if you like, to begin your development journey. Um, mm-hmm. And that's a little bit of a leap that, you know, if you imagine putting that at the, the forefront of your journey, <laughs> it's yeah. enough to... It's, it's enough a bigger to... hello world. <laughs> it is. It is. Yeah, quite right. <laughs> uh, and so, you know, you've, you've got that to start with. I think then, you know, as you move beyond that, that, that initial sort of leap into it, Um, You've then got to look at the network itself that you're working on and and what that network offers. In the case of Hedera, um, we have a consensus service, uh, and that lets you um, create verifiable timestamps and event ordering. And you can use that in both Web2 and Web3 applications for that matter. Um, We've got a token service, so that would let you sort of configure, mint, manage native, fungible, and non fungible tokens. Um, And we've also got a smart contract service as well. So that's where you can build decentralized applications and protocols using Solidity on our EVM compatible service. So, you know, you then look at that range of offerings there and kind of go, okay, well, this is what I can actually use as far as functionality is concerned on this network. And I can utilize that within my application. So. Immediately then, you know, compared to where you were with perhaps traditional software development and kind of thinking, okay, I've got to build all this different functionality out for perhaps the projects I'm working on, um, you've actually got access to a whole range of services and in essence, a whole range of new use cases um, that just simply weren't possible before with all of those being available to you. And, and that might be things like microtransactions or decentralized ID or asset tokenization um, you know things like like I said about the verifiable timestamps, you can kind of use that for anything that's around compliance or regulation. uh, you basically have this whole new world of capability that opens up to you as a developer, so it's uh it's a pretty exciting journey to go on for sure,
0: yeah, so Matt, I'm curious well, how long
2: have you been with um the the organization for? Sure. So I'm still a baby in the grand scheme of things, but I'm just coming up to about three months for me. Three months, yeah.
0: So as you look out at folks who are working uh, with Hedera in some way or folks you've met in the developer relations, what are the things you see happening now that you think are interesting? You just mentioned some use cases, but um, have you interacted with specific developers, projects, organizations where you say, hey, you know, this is either fully web three, or this is more traditional development meeting some of the interesting elements of web three and doing it with our technology?
2: Yeah. So look, what I think is really interesting at the space at the moment is that as a developer coming into this space, it would be really easy to think that you've got a, there's a, there's a phrase around this I'm going to use that you kind of could throw the baby out with the bathwater, right? And, it, and it's not <laughs> that kind of sentiment. You can come into web three and still have a hybrid approach of still being able to leverage some of the things that you've used in a Web2 world um, and start integrating with Web3 components within it. Um, So you don't have to leap holistically into a pure Web3 kind of mindset, if you like. Um, So I'm seeing some really interesting kind of uh, work going on in that sort of area, too, as people move across into the space. But generally, the, the one that I kind of really like at the moment that talks to me is, is in essence a kind of hold CBDC uh, kind of space where you're looking at the finance world and how they're trying to integrate with uh, the Web3 kind of shift that's come along. Um, so I'm really interested in that. Uh, I'm seeing companies like MTech, for example, um, building regulatory sandboxes uh, that enable both kind of institutions, regulators, providers to all come together in one space and kind of go, hey, you know, we're entering a new era here as far as um, technology is concerned and ways of operating, what does that look like for us? How can we put together policies, processes, ways of working in combination with the technology to get the outcome that we need to make this an effective end solution and way of working for for people out there in the community? Um, And so I'm really kind of enjoying seeing that type of uh, development come about. Um, and you know, I'm enjoying seeing companies being open and curious about what this new kind of way of working can look like for them. So that's definitely something that's that's piqued my interest as I've been in the space. Cool.
1: So I know the uh, all the Web three guys are are always uh, looking towards the future. <laughs> so what's what's next for uh yeah look
0: into your crystal ball matt now that you've drank the cool yeah, what, a, the crystal ball.
2: i literally have my crystal ball right in front of me right now, now it's it's all, like, hey.
0: you know it's a uh <laughs> now that we've made computers speak in economic primitives and we've connected everything <laughs> what's gonna happen
2: okay. So I suppose in terms of what what's next, uh, if I think about Hedera specifically, what I'm excited about right now is the rollout of our native staking. Um, that's going to help us, you know, facilitate the deployment of permissioned community nodes uh, for decentralizing the network even further. And I think the community have really been hanging out for that. So I'm really kind of looking forward to where that's going. If I'm looking at it from uh, you know an economy point of view, I'm just seeing whole rafts of new economies um, evolving as as we sort of speak, as you look at things like play to earn, learn to earn, create to earn. There's a whole kind of different level of projects that are coming out around that. Um, The new gaming paradigms, for example, uh, using asset tokenization that are going to allow players to use resources uh, that they may have earned or won um, across different gaming experiences, Um, Or in some cases, they might even, you know, exchange that for something they want to spend or buy in real life as well. So there's a whole divergence of how some of these kind of experiences are kind of going to come about. And for me, um, it feels like we're we're starting to see the evolution of technology that we've all waited for and wanted for a long time. Um, And I I think that just some of those use cases that I've talked to are just the beginning of what we're going to see from a creativity point of view. Very
0: cool. All right, everybody, it is that time of the show. I want to shout out a Stack Overflow user who came onto the network and asked a stellar question. They were given the Stellar Question badge, which means this question was bookmarked by hundred users, awarded five hours ago to G Revolution, what is an anti-pattern? Love it. If you don't know what that is, G Revolution uh, asked the question and somebody else has provided the answer. So you can check it out in the show notes. Thanks, G Revolution, for coming on and spreading some knowledge around the community. I am Ben Popper. You can always find me on Twitter at Ben Popper. You can always email us with questions or suggestions, podcast at Stack Overflow. And if you like what you hear, leave
1: us a rating and a review. It really helps. I'm Ryan Donovan. I edit the blog here at Stack Overflow. You can find the blog at stackoverflow.blog. And if you want to find me
2: on Twitter, I'm at r thor donovan That's so, I've been Matt Woodward here, the head of developer relations at Swirls Labs, uh, supporting the growth and development of Hedera. Uh, to find out more about Hedera, you can head over to hedera.com, hit the start button there to find out more. If you'd like to search me out on Twitter, I'm also available as Woodward Matt on Twitter, uh, and I would welcome connecting with you.
0: Awesome. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening, and we will talk to you soon.